1: Today on the Morning Edition, the countdown has begun for this year's Iditarod. And despite a cloud of controversy, the race is set to start in about 24 hours. We've got your newly chosen starting order for Iditarod 52. And the Old City Hall, vacant for years, will soon be transformed into a state-of-the-art facility. Hear from the mayor about the new development that he hopes will rejuvenate downtown. And later, it is a birthday party to celebrate 105 years for one woman, discover her secrets to a long and happy life, and how she keeps her positive attitude year after year as the Morning Edition starts now. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for waking up joining us on a Friday. 105 years old.
2: So I saw a story yesterday there was uh, the oldest woman in Massachusetts is 113 113? and her secret to wow. living is to not have kids. Uh,
1: wow. Well, <laughs> so I that's mean... what she
2: said was her secret. So Some everyone say, like, has their yeah, own. I eat Dr. Pepper. Dr. Dr. Pepper. Some said that they smoke a cigar or a cigarette a day so you know I guess everyone has their own <laughs> vices. Yeah. Well, holding on to some breezy conditions this morning across parts of South Central. Not everyone seeing those winds uh, that we have been uh, dealing with the past several days, as we did see some of that activity die down uh, through the overnight hours. That did allow temperatures to bottom out uh, in the single digits for many areas. You can see now in Anchorage, we're still holding on to some of those uh, north-northwesterly winds, gusting upwards of about 25 miles per hour, nowhere near the 40 to 45 mile per hour winds that we did see. Uh, as we went through the last 48 hours, but it's still feeling cold outside at negative 10 degrees. Uh, and you can see across uh, East Anchorage, even colder, what we're holding on to lighter winds. It's two below in Muldoon. 8 degrees in Jay Bear, while Ship Creek and both Eagle River as well as South Anchorage uh, sitting right around 0 degrees this morning. So uh, we're expecting to see colder conditions this morning due to the lack of winds and even colder conditions looking likely as we welcome in your Saturday morning. As far as the rest of South Central, we've got 4 below in Wasilla, 9 degrees in Kenai, 12 in Seward, still holding on to some light snowfall from that lingering area of low pressure Uh, That continues to uh, track southward through the Gulf of Alaska. So Cordova, uh, as well as Eureka, holding on to some of that light snow. And Eureka waking up this morning to a temperature of negative 10 degrees. Now, winds this morning still breezy for some areas. Now, maximum wind gusts uh, within the last hour have been anywhere from about 25 to 50 miles per hour. Uh, But you can see a good chunk of South Central seeing those winds uh, dying down. Unfortunately for Palmer, yes, you'll see breezy winds today. Uh, Likely will continue to hold on to those windy conditions into Saturday. as well with those gap winds and that Matanuska uh, winds continuing to stay with you. So uh, here is that wind gust the next 48 hours. Yes, still breezy conditions today, anywhere from about 20 to 40 miles per hour uh, for the heart of South Central with some isolated higher gust. And then overnight into Saturday, we really see this activity die down outside of areas through the gaps uh, and passes. So thinking Seward, Whittier, out towards Palmer and of course, Cordova. I'll have more details on that as well as your Iditarod forecast coming up.
1: We begin with capital coverage in this morning's top story. A vote by lawmakers in Juneau could be just hours away at issue is a proposed constitutional amendment to the Permanent Fund Dividend. This week, lawmakers debated the language to add to the proposal. The change would require the PFD be paid by formula in the Constitution rather than by the annual appropriations process. The goal is to stop the legislature from using the PFD as a tool for deficit reduction Two-thirds of both the state House and Senate would need to approve the legislation before it could possibly go to the voters in the next general election. Construction season concerns remain after the federal government rejected the state's $5.5 million spending plan earlier this season. But leaders from the Department of Transportation are now telling lawmakers they think the proposal is fixed, but cuts had to be made and some projects are no longer in the works. Political reporter Steve Kirch continues our capital coverage.
0: For two days, DOT leaders have been talking to lawmakers about the progress they're making on the 2024-2027 transportation plan. This after billions of dollars are put at risk when the feds rejected that plan initially. State DOT leaders telling lawmakers that roughly 99% of the $5.6 million stip plan is complete, and the part that has to be completed will be done by Friday, as we now wait and see if the feds will sign off and how construction season will be impacted. By Friday, the state must address the most serious concerns the feds wanted to see corrected. In the meantime, DOT leaders told lawmakers some projects have been removed. In front of the House Transportation Committee Thursday, Commissioner Ryan Anderson said the errors happened because after using a new database for about 18 months to develop the transportation plan and receive public comments, they had to abandon it last May because the program had flaws. And then there were other issues, the DOT coordination with local governments. We know of one project that is out, the West Susitna Access Road, which the feds had rejected. Residents had talked a lot about that project during the public comment period.
1: So the direction that they gave us was that if it exists within an MPO boundary, that they wanted those out because they want those included on the tip. Um, So yeah, those are coming out. Um, We'll be working with the MPO to ensure that those uh, projects get on their tip.
0: Now a tip is when state and local leaders come together on a transportation spending plan. This new STIP proposal needs to be approved by March 31st. Steve Kirch, Alaska's News Source.
1: Anchorage Mayor Dave Bronson is proposing a change to the city code. In the statement, Bronson said the new ordinance would allow the city to abate the homeless camps if certain health and safety conditions are found, saying he wanted to reduce the risk of unsanitary conditions and potential hazards in illegal camps.
3: I think you'll start to see a little uh, self-regulation within the camps once we educate campers and let them know that there are going to be rules that will be enforced this summer. We're hoping that there's a little bit of self-governance.
1: The Assembly Chair Chris Constant says he's not been briefed on the possible change in code and said it feels like a campaign message. Federal courts issued wide-ranging rulings that affect local government's abilities responding to homelessness. Among them are decisions that people cannot be kicked off public lands if there's no feasible indoor shelter option available. And they have a right to property that keeps them warm and dry while sleeping in the elements. Furthermore, through the April 2023 Parks and Recreation Bond, $700,000 has been designated for redevelop- redeveloping Peratrovich Park adjacent to Old City Hall, complementing the library project. Together, these exciting projects will make a significant impact on the revitalization of downtown Anchorage. A historic landmark in downtown Anchorage will soon become a new library thanks to a generous donation. Mayor Bronson announced the old City Hall building will be renovated and transformed into a modern library facility. It will face 4th Avenue and will offer a variety of services and resources to the public. It is scheduled to be completed in 2026. You can get more details on the project including how it will be funded at alaskanewssource.com. The elections for the municipality of Anchorage are coming up in just over a month on April 2nd, but before any voting can happen, the election equipment needs to be functioning. In order to guarantee the election process is smooth and reputable, logic and accuracy testing of the municipal election tabulation equipment was underway Thursday. The election staff scanned test ballots through the machines and then verified the results to ensure they were functioning correctly.
2: It's important to run these tests because we want to, again, make sure our system is up and running for the election and make sure things are running smoothly and so that we can address any issues if they arise.
1: Registration and updates for this year's election closes this Sunday. That's March 3rd. Dropbox ballots will be sent out March 12th. There are 16 secure boxes in Anchorage. One in Eagle River and another in Girdwood that are open 24-7. And there are nine propositions on the ballot this election. Covering Palmer this morning, blocking library books could become a risk legally. That's what a city attorney told Palmer council members this week. It's just days after. Carly Schreck reports the Matsu Borough School Board banned a book about domestic violence from school libraries. Yeah. So we'll call this meeting of the Palmer City Council to order. It's a topic that
3: has Matsu residents divided. The interest in protecting young library users from material inappropriate for minors is legitimate and even compelling. As ongoing discussions to ban certain titles from school shelves continues, taxpayers will be paying roughly $21,000 for the school district to ban one book that was never in the library at all. The question now is should they be banned from the public?
1: Beginning of last summer we kind of started hearing about it. And um it, and we keep hearing about it. It's it's fairly uh, consistent with people that are concerned about this.
3: It's why Sarah Heath, a contracted legal counselor for the city of Palmer, held an open discussion with council members at Tuesday's regular meeting to address the legality of removing published material and what rights people have under the First Amendment.
0: It is the same constitutional rights, if we begin to look at, at these different pieces, that allow people to decline taking vaccines. They are allowed to post opinions and blogs on social media media. You're allowed to burn an American flag and protest. That's protected underneath the freedom of speech.
3: Recently, the Matsu School Board banned it ends with us by Colleen Hoover that details the struggles of a young woman in an abusive relationship. But as Heath explained in her presentation, school libraries and public libraries are not one in the same, a sentiment noted by Palmer Mayor Steve Carrington.
1: There's a different perspective on it where public li- library is a little more... Um, available to the public and meant to be so
3: but the group against the challenged books say they're not backing down and we're not done we've just gone to fight. while others feel the priorities in the borough aren't adding up why mayor edna devries can pass a resolution saying everyone should have a gun and ammunition but people are afraid of books a discussion from both sides that appears will continue for some time carly schreck alaska's news source
1: of the 56 challenge titles among the Matsu School District, 37 are still being reviewed by the Library Citizens Advisory Committee. Well, coming up, I did rod mushers were all together last night at the annual banquet to celebrate the upcoming start of the race, plus find out the order next.
2: More winds can be expected today across South Central. Along with it, we'll see some sunshine. I'll have more details on that. But first, it's our first sunrise before 8 a.m. this year, 7.57 with a sunset of 6.26, 10 hours and 29 minutes of daylight
1: got some months away but just to let you know a new band has been announced for the alaska state fair rock band need to breathe is going to perform on august uh 26th that's a monday at 7 p.m and tickets for the concert they go on sale this morning at 10 a.m so Aaron, we always know come state fair time they're always like dropping little nuggets of uh performers so we could have even more
2: yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to need to breathe. Anyone needs a plus one, just let me know. I'll go <laughs> there with you. you. Go. <laughs> uh, holding on to those bitter cold wind chills this morning. 10 below in Anchorage is what it feels like. Feels like 32 below in Fairbanks. So still holding on uh, to some of those dangerously cold wind chills where exposed skin uh, can easily see frostbite set in within uh, under five minutes in some areas, but on average about five to ten minutes uh, across the state. And we're going to continue to hold on to some gusty conditions here uh, as we continue to close out uh, this week and welcome in the weekend. Feels like 10 in Yakutat, 20 in Ketchikan, even out towards uh, the Aleutians. We're seeing some single-digit wind chills outside of Adak, where temperatures are sitting in the upper 30s, mid to upper 30s uh, this morning, as we're watching a ridge out west that's going to gradually build eastward uh, as we welcome in the next several days. Wind gusts of Saint, uh, at St. Paul, up to 48 miles per hour. Still holding on to some of those gusty conditions from Kodiak here in Anchorage where winds have been gusting anywhere from about 20 uh, to 40 miles per hour. And we'll continue to hold on to that potential for winds to gust uh, upwards of 40 miles per hour through the remainder of the day. As far as those uh, temperature departure, you can see compared to this time yesterday, we're still about uh, anywhere from zero to 10 degrees colder uh, than what we woke up to yesterday morning. The only exception, areas out west and through the Aleutians beginning to warm. This is actually heading our way as we welcome in the weekend, really into next week when we begin to see those tempters uh, warm their way back into the 20s and even some 30s can be expected as we welcome in the middle to the end of next week. So still holding on to that area of low pressure uh, in the central Gulf of Alaska that continues to uh, kind of fizzle out as it shifts to the south. And uh, with that, we're still holding on to some light snowfall out towards eastern parts of Prince William Sound. But it's this ridge uh, out west that we're going to be watching where this low pressure system, I should say, out west, uh, that's going to begin to build eastward that will lead to a ridge pattern. Uh, And that's going to allow for that colder air that we have in place across the state that's going to shift to the east and it's going to open the door for warmer weather to return back to the region. So that colder air is retreating here as we welcome in the start of next week. And we're gonna be talking about those highs uh, warming back into the 20s and the 30s. Also some active weather making a return uh, to Southwest Alaska, the Aleutians, and eventually here in South Central where we could see some snowfall. Uh, through next week. For today, expect to see those breezy conditions once again. uh, Those temperatures warming into the teens through the afternoon hours with plenty of sunshine. We've got sunny and breezy conditions uh, across southeast with temperatures in the 20s and the 30s for you. Uh, Breezy, if not gusty conditions can be expected out towards Skagway up to 55 miles per hour. Uh, And then we're still holding on to some of those breezy conditions across south central. Uh, Temperatures today in the teens and the 20s gust to 40 miles per hour in Kodiak, 50 in Seward. So we're still going to see Uh, some of those isolated higher wind gusts but for many areas across south central uh, we've seen a a significant uh, uh, subsiding of those winds from the past a few days now out towards palmer still expected to see winds upwards of 40 miles per hour uh, 15 degrees in wasilla 12 degrees in willow with those winds dying down overnight many areas will wake up with those temperatures sitting near zero if not some sub-zero values Uh, if you're heading to the ceremonial start of the iditarod in downtown anchorage Bundle up, we're going to see those temperatures sitting in the single digits, if not sub-zero values, and there's that slow warming pattern. Next week, we're talking about the mid to upper 20s And Arion, 18 days until the official start of spring.
1: The official start, but we know Alaska, it's a little bit longer than that, but still, good to look forward to. All right, thanks, Aaron. And speaking of, you can watch the live ceremonial start of Iditarod 2024 tomorrow morning. It all starts at 9.45 with the first musher heading out at 10 o'clock. You can also keep your toes warm. Watch it on Channel 2 and streaming live on Source.com. Well, this year's race saw some controversy with two mushers being disqualified, one of them being reinstated, but still not running the race. Even with that, 38 mushers will hit the trail, and a very important step was completed last night, the musher draw. Running this year's Iditarod with three former champions and 16 rookies getting their first taste of the last great race. Honorary musher is Wilson Hughes, while the first team out of the shoot will be Anna Barrington. Running without her twin sister, Christy, for the first time since 2011. Dallas CV bib 7 as he goes for Title six. while the reigning champ, Ryan Reddington, middle of the pack at 21. Final team out on the trail will be veteran Wally Robinson. But first musher to draw was Hunter Keefe, who pulled bib number 10. Keefe fulfilled a lifelong dream last year when he had finished the Iditarod as a rookie. And when we say lifelong dream, check this out. Here he is as a child in Michigan, and he's dressed up for Halloween as an Iditarod musher, but check out his bib number, it is 10. One of the many cool storylines that will of course bring you as the Iditarod continues.
3: What do we want? When do we want it?
1: Now! And just outside the Denina Center, the animal activist group PETA was protesting the small group from People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. They want to stop the Iditarod because they believe the dogs are treated inhumanely. They claim the dogs are mistreated and neglected before, during, and after the race. Iditarod officials have dismissed PETA's accusations as false, exaggerated, and misleading, saying their mushers care for and respect their dogs. Reactions from passers-by didn't stop the protest. We will be here regardless of the
3: reaction we get because it's not about uh, the reaction. It's about the fact that last year, over 175 dogs were pulled off the trail because they were either too exhausted or ill to finish the race.
1: Michelle Sadat with PETA claims the Iditarod race is a cruel, deadly event for the dogs involved, adding more than 150 have died while running the race and more have been killed or injured during the off-season. She also says PETA is calling on the sponsors of the race to withdraw their support. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Click subscribe so you can get the latest podcasts from Alaska's News Source automatically and stay up to date with breaking news and in-depth reporting available for free 24-7 with the Alaska's News Source app.